Hi folks, it's Dr. Christine Sauer here with Sparkles for Better Mental Health, Personal Growth in Five Dimensions. And I'm so excited because on this show, I'm introducing you to Dr. Dorothy Martin Neville. Uh, she is a PhD psychologist and I could say a holistic executive leadership coach. Now that sounds really interesting. So welcome, Dorothy. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be able to present you to all my listeners and watchers. And I'm sure you bring enough value and lots of value more than most of my guests because you have a very interesting story and life and uh, things you do. So tell us a little bit about your story and how you became the person who you are today and why you are so passionate about doing <laughs> what you're doing. Well, I, you know, I, I was born in, and raised in an orphanage for a number of years and um, then later adopted. How did that happen? I, oh, my goodness. It's a long story. I was the product of an affair. And because it was the product of an affair and my mothers and her mother considered themselves very good Irish Catholics. They did not want an illegitimate child in a good Irish Catholic home. So I was placed in an orphanage. And a few years later, a man my mother married found out about me being in an orphanage and he wanted Irish children in no orphanages anywhere, which was a sad story. We won't go into that. But um, I, I was the adopter brought me back and I was raised in the housing projects of the inner city in Boston, Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. And so I knew a great deal about um, alcoholism and physical violence and the life of many of those who live in very poor situations. You know, sometimes the school is the only safe place in your entire life. The streets are filled with gangs and the home is filled with violence. So school systems are where you go to be safe in schools and church. And so um, eventually I, I made it, I survived. And when I wanted to go to college, I couldn't, my dad didn't believe in educating girls. And there were many children. And so I, um, I tried nursing school, couldn't go to nursing school because my high school was unaccredited. In the inner city, they don't really spend a lot of time expecting the poor to, to become anything that would need a better education. So became a Catholic nun, and long, long story short, became a Catholic nun. And as a Catholic nun, I was sent to college. And once you have an undergraduate degree, nobody cares where you went to high school. And I became a social worker within religious life because my, my hope is to work with folks from the inner city to empower the women, especially, to know that life offers far more than what happens to you externally, that you have an inner ability to create a life in a self that may not have permission to exist in your current circumstances. And so eventually I left religious life, moved um, to Manhattan, became an international airline stewardess, later got married and had two children, was divorced when they were very little, and decided to go back into becoming a therapist again to really support men and women becoming the best selves. And about three years in, I noticed that there was a pattern that certain personalities were showing up with particular diseases, whether it was prostate cancer or breast cancer or MS or fibromyalgia. And that certain personalities were developing, there was something about them, how they held their energy, who they were, that their stress level was held in a certain way 
When I asked physicians about it, friends who were MDs, nobody saw that. They thought it was all a coincidence and I was seeing what didn't exist. So I went and became certified in nine modalities of integrative health care, five of which were in Eastern medicine and in acupressure and, and so, so forth, and, and neurology, reflexology, and really began to see how body-centered psychotherapy was imperative because knowing how you're expressing things through the body allows you to begin to understand what you may not consciously see. Your body is giving you messages your brain may not be hearing. And that excited me no end. So I opened up a school. I became a pioneer here in the United States, opened up a school. And for 19 years, I had a four-year program teaching a method of energy medicine I created, combining the best from all the modalities I studied with my years of experience as a psychologist and wrote a dissertation on the psychological and spiritual causes of physical disease and disorders and used that as the foundation of my school. And so from there, it was just the excitement of letting people know that those in the medical community could approach healthcare with their patients from a far more expanded avenue than what they were trained in medical school or nursing school to do. And also with those who wanted to go into healing work, really allowing them to see how the emotions and spirit have a vast, your spiritual beliefs, whatever that may be, is irrelevant, but a spiritual belief. Uh, again, I did not say religious belief, but a spiritual belief and, and your emotional frame of mind really impacts your health so immensely that they could educate their people, not simply work on them, they could educate them so that each person they worked with could really take responsibility for their own health and, and the, the power to manage their own health in ways they never imagined. So that just kept going and uh, it's something I love to do. And um, did it and eventually after seeing 42 patients a week as a psychologist for 20 plus years I decided I needed something different and I had at that point founded four companies so becoming a leadership coach for especially for women in business excited me because I can work to help them take the company and themselves to the next level and in doing so to identify the ways in which they are frequently not taking care of their own health. They are so focused on the business and on their families and on everybody else they're taking care of that they get lost in that mix. And so now I get to work with them in business and I get to work with them in health and with emotions and with their spiritual lives. So it's it excites me. It really sounds like that. And I must say, I looked on your website and we talked before and there's much, much, much more detail to your story. <laughs> and if you want to learn a little bit more about the details of her growing up and the scandal of the alleged, the words, illegitimate child. <laughs> and that reminds me, my father actually was an illegitimate child in Germany in 1925. And I didn't find that out until I was a teenager. Wow. Because I calculated when my grandparents had their 50th wedding anniversary in 1928. And I calculated back and said, Oh, to my father, you were born in 1925. 
<laughs> and then I asked my grandmother what happened. <laughs> and she told me she came from a Catholic family. My grandfather was Protestant. And what a scandal for her to have a child. <laughs> so I understand. And it was even worse for you because you were given into an orphanage. Right. My grandmother was allowed, even though it was a terrible scandal, to raise a child. <laughs> her parents raised a child for her, you know. She for was her. Able. Yeah. <laughs> it's very interesting. And my first child itself in Germany in 1981 was born out of wedlock, if you want to say that. Yeah. And it was interesting because even at that time in Germany, uh, unmarried mothers were given a social worker to support them. Wow. Mm, automatically. Isn't that amazing? Huh? I found that quite interesting, especially when I look back. So that's, that's just a little detail that came to my mind when I heard your story of uh, being raised there, and, uh, especially in an orphanage. It must be so hard for a small child because, as we all know, in orphanages, you do not get the same attention mm -hmm. as you would get from a loving mom, and it can create a vast psychological trauma that you had which is the difference as with anything you can see therapists who have simply studied a lot and therapists who have done their work right so you would qualify as a latter one by means and leaps and i love the way you say that because i feel the same way some right. therapists are very good in talking about mental health but the ones that achieve transformation are the ones that done the work and walk the way. Yeah. And At it's least a, to some extent. Yeah. Yeah. We, well, we're never done to the day we go home. But when you have done your work and you are growth focused, you're continuously learning, you're continuously growing, you're continuously in the process of transformation, which means you have, I believe, not only far more cellular awarenesses, you have such a commitment to growth experience that you have far more compassion and understanding for clients who have been working on something for three or four or five years and thinking, why am I done yet? Well, welcome to humanity because you know you've worked on something, whatever it may be, for a number of years until you finally can say, I'm free. You know, so you you have far more understanding than then you wrote a book and it said they should work on it and be done and move on. Great for the book, but let's come back to, to real life, to real people who yeah. are working on so many things simultaneously while trying to be active, productive folk plus loving family members perhaps as well. There's a lot of roles we play, isn't it? And sometimes they conflict big time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's fascinating. And, and I love humanity just like yourself. And I see that upward, hopefully, spiral of growth where we proceed through life, revisiting old themes and topics over and over on a different level and eventually transitioning to a spiritual realm, whatever we believe it will be. But I find that a fascinating experience. But what do you say? I, I agree that? with you that that transformation to me though transformation makes it much more of an adventure it makes it a much more exciting trip that we're on that when you 
when you simply survive this journey and you go through it step by step, day by day, you don't get to have the excitement of watching the transformation, who I was last year, how I used to do things, how much easier it is this year, how much freer I am. And my experience is the more you look within, the more you do that growth, the more self-confidence you achieve. That's a good point. And achieving that level of self-confidence because you know you've grown and worked so says, if I can deal with this, I can deal with anything. If I can do this, I can do anything. I may need to learn new steps, new procedures, new systems, but I can do that because look at what I've done so far. And there is that sense of self-confidence that doesn't come when you haven't challenged yourself and succeeded at so many other things. And I'm not talking external things. I'm talking inner workings. You know, that provides a confidence and a certainty about who you are. And I mean, the external things have to happen too, because if the inner work is not reflected in some kind of outer appearance, whether it be a different area of work, focus of work, different uh, expression of yourself, right. uh, different uh, books you write or articles you do. Uh, I think it is not as valuable if you just sit in your chair ex- in extreme cases and think about things. <laughs> <laughs> no, you better get off your little bottom and keep moving and making things happen. Yeah, no, reflection and personal growths purpose is so that you can act in a far more focused and clear way to help make this world a better place. Now, I have two questions about that. Number one is, uh, what was the darkest place in your life? At a point when you nearly gave up, but didn't, and what kept you going? And number two would be, what is your purpose going forward? All right. The darkest place in my life, I would say there's been a couple. I would say perhaps the darkest was going through my divorce. It was never what I had imagined for myself. It wasn't what I imagined for my children. It wasn't what I imagined for my sense of family and how my family was going to be. And so when, and I filed for divorce, um, when I filed for divorce, because it was unbearable, um, my heart broke. And it really, and I and I work with my clients on this who are going through divorce, it wasn't necessarily the end of a marriage because often when a marriage ends, there's a, a sense of relief because you work so hard to make it work that there's a sense of relief when you can finally let it go. But what you're also dealing with is Not only is divorce a death of a marriage, it's a death of all the dreams you had for your life at that point in time. It's the death of the life you thought you would be living. It's the death of who you thought you would become and the dreams you had for your future. You know, I had visions of us sitting on a front porch with our grandkids, staying over and having cookouts and sleepovers and doing all kinds of wondrous things together as a team. And this is what it was going to be. And all of those dreams died when the divorce took place. And so there's a lot of grieving and a need for a complete reevaluation. 
I went from being a mom who was going to work part-time and be there with my babies, be there to go to all of the, the soccer games and the baseball games and all of those other things to becoming a mother who worked full-time to support her family, to provide the education, provide the clothing, provide the, the soccer cleats, provide all of those, the uniforms for all those things with sports and so forth. And that wasn't how I saw my life going. But, you know, now that I've lived some of it, and God willing, there's a whole lot more to go. Now that I've lived some of it, I begin to see that my life looks nothing like I thought it would at 18. Most of us have our life looking nothing like we thought it would be when we were 18. But yet I can honestly say it is so much more than I ever imagined in my life that all of the things I've gone through, the darkest and, and hardest, have opened up opportunities I never would have had if my life hadn't taken different twists and turns that I never anticipated. So I feel like I have been blessed beyond words. Wow. You know, this is really amazing. And uh, many people that have gone through deep challenges in their life and have come out the other side, uh, tell of similar growth stories and how those experiences of intense pain and suffering in the end made their life so much richer. Right. And more meaningful, as if it had been extreme case, going to work, sitting on watching TV every night and not doing anything with your life. And then suddenly you die and you don't know what you've done when you look back. And those are the people really that have regrets. They say, oh, was that it? It, it how really do you is. feel about no go on please it really is it's um it's transformational when you step and look and and on occasion i do i think boy there was a girl from an orphanage and from the housing projects who has now founded five companies who has employed so many people and spent literally over these years millions of dollars in in paying now virtual assistants and, and other folks and used to be employees and 1099s and who has spoken in nine countries, done TV and radio in nine different countries and um, taught thousands of students in medical school and graduate school and in my own school and think how blessed I have been to give back, to have been able to give back and teach and support others in so many ways and ways I never would have done. It wasn't in my, my line of vision. So what a blessing. You know, it is really amazing. And I've talked with other leaders that had similar uh, rags to riches stories, if you want to say, but it's not that common because many people that grow up under conditions like you are describing, the housing project, orphanages, neglected, abusive parents, they end up either in jail, they end up uh, in menial jobs at best, or mm -hmm. victims of their disease complaining right. all their life. What mm -hmm. makes a difference between someone that succeeds greatly like you did, and someone that ends up on the streets to look at two extremes? I, I, I guess I believe, and, and to an extent that 
we each come in with a unique personality and we each come in with a very um, spiritual purpose, a very specific spiritual purpose. And I, I think we can listen to what we know is our truth. We can listen to what our soul or our essence or whatever is calling us to. Or we can choose not to. And we know we if we're willing to listen for a moment and that's stop running and that's I mean, I love a glass of uh, wine or something, but when you're not lost in in running, you're not lost in substances, you're not lost in those kinds of things, and you spend time listening to what you know inside, listening to what calls you forward, there's a very different life journey. So that means you become so comfortable in your own skin, you can sit in the silence. You can hear what's being said. And I've been blessed since I was very, very little with a deep spirituality. I don't necessarily believe in religion, but I have a very deep spirituality. And I've been blessed in an awareness since I was six years old. I had a vision when I was six years old. And that was just the beginning of so much more that took place in my life, that there was a, an awareness that life is so much more than what we see with our eyes. You know, when you tell us you had that awareness at six years old, right? children are our future. Yes. What would you say to parents when it comes to listening to their children, telling them stories, oh, I have that intuition, I have that feeling, I have that knowledge that awareness that something bigger is destined for me oh listen listen to your children and you'll begin to learn the difference between their fantasies and their reality and just because their reality is different than yours doesn't make it less viable so many children now if we were to to Google past lives in children. There are so many children coming in with memories of other journeys, coming in with knowledge that no two, three, four-year-old should have. You know, understanding the entire mechanisms of operating an airplane at three years of age when neither parent has ever flown. You know, understanding histories of other countries and cities and towns and villages in other countries and knowing details about that that no three or four year old but they remember and whatever their gifts may be whatever their children's understandings may be and because children have such pure such a pure connection to spirit to themselves there's no agenda until later we teach them how to survive. And then they go from just being to having been taught how to survive, which usually means disconnecting, disconnecting, and disconnecting from the truth of who they are and the truth of what they know and the wisdom they came in here with. When we can listen to that and, you know, a child may say, I, I need this particular toy or I need this. No, they don't. You know, but that's dramatically different from when they they share a purity 
and their and their wisdom with us. We can listen. They're, they out of the mouths of babes. You know, listening to your fellow humans is an important skill that is lost to a large amount because in many families, the TV is running in the background 24-7. And that hurts a lot of communication in my experience. And I love how you say that in, with the past lives. And I firmly believe there is something to it. I spoke with uh, or I had the pleasure of listening to Brian Weiss in New York and he Mm-hmm. Psychiatrists who wrote about past life experiences. Many books about past life experiences. Many, many I books. Know, those required books for some of my students yes. in my school for 19 years. Yes. I love that. And what do we do with children nowadays that report stuff like that? Maybe we medicate them to quiet uh-huh. them. That is so sad. Or we tell them, oh, don't talk about that nonsense which hurts their feeling because they know it's true. I think it's it's a tragedy. Oh, we label them ADHD because they have so much energy and so much they want to tell us that we decide they're disruptive and therefore they need to be medicated mm-hmm. so they can quiet down mm-hmm. and do it the right way. The right way as per the school system's idea. And maybe they don't the normal school system I normally don't they need a different school system and not medication (laughs) that is my idea too Mm -hmm. there's so much labeling and and alone the idea that they label three four-year-olds with ADHD when we know a child in that age cannot be focused they are just little kids it's normal to be unfocused distractible at that age let them just be children yeah let them be children. I, I love that attitude, really, Dorothy. And yeah. let's look forward. I mean, your life is not over, just like me. Uh, we have um, many sparkles left to explore and live and uh, use. Another 30 years to go. <laughs> How many it is? I really, personally, I don't care. If I die in 10 seconds, so be it. I live a good <laughs> life. I'm happy. I would love to live another 30, 40, 50 years, whatever I, God will let, let me do, as long as I can think, I'm fine. So what is your purpose going forward? What are your plans? What are your dreams to do? Oh, going forward, my, my dream is to bring the message to all those I speak to that this is a spiritual journey, that this, is, this journey is truly about falling in love with yourself and living the purpose you've come here for. Walking in this journey, aware of the inner values that are so much more important than that focus on on the biggest house and the biggest salary and the, the greatest vacation. It's truly about inner peace. It is about joy. It is about following your passion. With When you follow your purpose, you're filled with passion and you feel infinitely powerful in making things happen. And when you come up with a challenge, it may be momentarily frustrating, but you can laugh and take a deep breath and don't fight the challenge, walk around it and keep on going. And there becomes such a sense of joy and excitement because this is an adventure. It's not an ordeal we're going through, it's an adventure. And when you see that, you realize everybody out here is on that same adventure. 
we don't have to have enemies. We don't have to have us and them. We don't have to have the one right way. There can be a thousand right ways to to clean your house, a thousand right ways to cook chicken. You know, I mean, truly, there's- What are we fighting over with our spouse? <laughs> I, I, was a, I was a terrible right fighter. I still like to be right. And I have to pull myself back sometimes because I want to say, but I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to, it, you know, it is sometimes a challenge to weigh yourself it, back. And say, ego, okay. ego is an amazing thing, you mm. know, And when we recognize there are so many right ways to do so many things. Mine is my way. It's not the right way. You know, to me, the only wrong way is when it comes to abuse, when it comes to hatred, when it comes to that better than. And then we've taken a wrong turn. Mm-hmm. When we can live a life where There's so many ways to do it right. You do it right in your house for you. I'll do it right in my house for me. Doesn't mean it's the right way. It's my right way. And when we can allow people that freedom and the space to do that, and we call people to become more and more who they're meant to be, because I truly believe humans are intrinsically holy and intrinsically good. I think because of abuse or miseducation. So many have learned hatred. They have learned small-mindedness. They have learned ego. Um, And it's not that they are intrinsically bad, but they have been so misinformed that their life purpose is more about hate and oppression and, and separation. And my wish is for me going forward to have the ability to remind people that we are all in this together, that we are one peoples around the globe. We are one peoples and that each one of us has a spiritual purpose. And let's, let's come back to whatever that is. And I want the gift of being able to help so many individuals in so many groups come alive in a way they never knew they could to recognize skills they never knew they had. And so as an executive coach, working with not solely, but primarily women in business, it's really taking them to the next level so that they realize that so many have a dream like this. And when they go this big, they think they're wild. And I say, what if the dream was this big and the fear that shows up, but then the excitement, do you really think, why not try it? No matter where you end up, it'll be perfect. If you end up here, 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 who cares? Whatever is your dream, it's going to be perfect for your life journey this time. And that to me is, is my future is helping folks recognize that, go there and make that happen. You know? You know, Dorothy, I, I really truly admire and love what you just said because I, I, I totally resonate with that. I've spoken with many people that were dying and those who had regret, they didn't regret that they didn't sit enough in front of the TV and didn't watch enough news. They didn't take the risk to do the things that they really wanted to do because they were scared. They didn't have the confidence. They were afraid. It's something that they learned in childhood. Yeah. And it's sad when somebody dies with 
as when Daya said, so with the music still in them. <laughs> I know you won't, and I know I won't. So it, it's awesome. <laughs> we are playing the fiddle while we are live. <laughs> Whatever it is, you know, go after it, do it. I mean, I'm opening up a new business that, you know, two months ago started. I, when my baby left for college, I took off and moved to the Caribbean for 10 years. And then I came back and closed three companies and started a new one. Why not? Why not? The worst that can happen, you take a job and you live in a one-bedroom apartment or, or a studio apartment, you'll be okay. Take a risk. You'll be okay if it doesn't work. And you'll only be on this risk while you prepare for the next. Because life is just so full of adventure and opportunity if you're willing to see it. No, I really love that attitude. You are amazing. Oh, the way you, you say those things makes my I sparkle and my heart light up. <laughs> and I know it will do that for other people too. <laughs> so let me ask you, how can I support you on that journey? What uh, do you want me to share? How can people find you if they are interested in getting to know you, working they, with you, whatever? They could go to my website, askdrdorothy.com. My email address is Dorothy, D-O-R-O-T-H-Y, at askdrdorothy.com. So just contact me. I Any way I can help. Uh, life is meant to be lived, and anyone I can help do it and do it more fully. I would love to support them every step of the way, because that feeds my soul. That makes me happy um, to, to be of service, because it frees me. The more people we help, the freer we become. The more people we're able to share our wisdom with, the more people have that wisdom to take and spread. And we're impacting the world in a global way. And why think small? Think big. I want to change. Yeah. Why not? You never know. <laughs> it's the same for your children. You never know if your grandchild, your child, is the future president that is going to change the world Anything, forever, in a positive way. Right, in a positive way. Anything is possible, yeah. I, I, I totally love that. And I see that you share that responsibility that we feel as older adults. Yeah. <laughs> share our experience and knowledges in service of the younger generations and those oh who my And while we learn from them and we share with them the wisdom we've learned, but also what we've learned, if we've truly lived, what we've learned is there's no limit. Yeah. That go for it, whatever that dream is. There's always somebody to tell you it's impossible. There's always somebody to tell you it can't be done. There's always somebody to tell you that other people do that, not people like you. Oh, let that darn thing go. Go for it. If your soul wants it, follow it. Your soul's calling it to become everything you're meant to be. So go for it. That's wonderful. And you know, one of the best exercises, and of course, this brain health exercise is important. So one of the best exercises is to lift other people up. Oh, yes. <laughs> Isn't I lift, love that? Lift weights of other I, people's shoulders and get stronger yourself. <laughs> a great way to phrase that. I love that. That's really beautiful. Yeah. I love to have fun and to glad things in an interesting and different way. And that uh, helps me to sparkle too. So 
uh, I will make sure to share all your leads underneath, all your links, because mm -hmm. I want to help to spread that message. I'm just a little stone in the mosaic of life. But, yeah. you know, when we are, are all on the right place, yeah, gorgeous mosaic. Think about that. You throw these, we're all these little pebbles, but you throw this little pebble in the water and the ripples just go out further and further and further. And if each one of us were doing that for good, imagine what an exquisite world we could create for so many others. And maybe you know? one of these ripples, ripples will transport that little bottle with the message inside <laughs> to the right person that needs it right now. And if it's that you please reach out to Dorothy or myself and we'll make sure that you get right. hit with that. Right. So thank you again. And that's the end oh, of the show. Thank you. And I'm looking forward maybe to doing something more with you because you are gorgeous and you are amazing. and you are I, I would love it. And it's so great to spend time with you, truly. And God bless in what you're doing, bringing your message to the world and the patients you work with, helping them truly claim something that is so much more than not being ill. Health is so much more than the absence of disease. It is so much greater. And the message you're bringing to them, what a wonderful, wonderful gift to all those who get to be experiencing you. Thank you so much for being part of that, Dorothy, and letting me be part of yours. And that is the end of this show of Sparkles for Better Mental Health, Personal Growth in Five Dimensions. Make sure to subscribe to the show and listen to the next episode and watch after this video ends a little magic video. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. When you combine modern science, ancient wisdom, nature experience and love, magic happens. I'm Dr. Christine Sauer, physician, naturopath, coach, human. It feels like magic to my clients and their lives are transformed through the skills combination of natural and human sciences, ancient philosophies and caring human-to-human -human interaction. Discover this kind of modern wizardry and let's prepare powerful healing potions together. Come and enter our wonderful world of wellness.